Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out our website, countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me, and give us a follow there as well. On today's episode, we are excited to welcome Canadian singer-songwriter Tyler Joe Miller. Now, he burst onto the scene in 2019 with his single, Pillow Talking. Now, that song went to number one, and he became the first independent Canadian country artist to do so. His second single, I Would Be Over Me Too, also went to number one. It was an amazing start to his career, but as we found out during our interview, his musical journey actually began quite a few years before that. So please enjoy our conversation with Tyler Joe Miller. Usually when I'm doing my research, I can find little tidbits from like the younger years of little things that happen. But for you, a lot of the time, you know, it just begins sort of right around the pillow talking era and moves on from there. So I'm interested to hear about the beginnings of this musical journey. And I think one of the moments where it began was at your summer cabin. Is that one of the places that music kind of came out of the family and helped you to grow a love of it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's where I I found like the love for country music. Um, yeah, I, I would say my uh, my my dad is a bit more on like the rock and roll side. So like you know, I grew up with Zeppelin being one of my favorite bands because oh, okay. uh, it was my dad's favorite band. But then my mom's side of the family was definitely uh, you know more more on the country side. Uh, so we we're they're always just cranking like. Dixie Chicks and, you know, Brad Paisley and Garth Brooks and George Strait and Alan Jackson, that sort of thing. And uh, so I kind of just grew up with like, those were the songs that I knew. And so even when it comes down to like covering songs, it's like, yeah, I could play the like new stuff going on, but like, I'm also not super good with lyrics. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going back to like the childhood, like, oh man, I've known these lyrics forever. So like, even, even right now, like we're still like, pretty much covering a lot of Paisley stuff because he was, he's my favorite artist of all time. Oh, okay. And, uh, I grew up listening to his stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I'd say that's, that's where I kind of found, uh, you know, a lot of my, my love for country music. And, and it kind of brings me back to listening to, uh, you know, like time well wasted and like mud on the tires. I think mud on the tires was the first album I ever bought either that or time well wasted. And I remember listening to uh my mom would always have the Judds playing on cassette. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, my, my history is, is a bit, there's not a whole lot on it uh, musically. And uh, I think it's because like most of the impact has started at Pillow Talking. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of the stuff was just kind of 
you know, there's little tidbits here and there and we can definitely get into that. But uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And on the sort of personal side, on the family side, you don't mention them too much on social media. You've had a few posts for Father's Day with your dad, but I did see one post from a couple of years ago with your grandfather. I think you call him Poppy, maybe from what I saw in the post. And he was turning 89 years old at the time a few years ago. So I wanted to ask about him and just what he's meant for your journey, just on a personal side and for you as a person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Poppy. Uh, yeah, I, I would go to his house after school uh, all the time. Like him and uh, my uh, grandma would take his Poppy and Nana. Those oh, okay. grandparents here my other grandparents are in uh, uh passed away now but from uh ontario oh okay and also i gotta say my my dad my dad was rock and roll but like i know a lot of my dad's side of the family is also huge country fans out in thunder bay and right so, but uh but yeah poppy uh yeah he he's probably been the well he has been the closest grandparent that i've 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 been to and uh he actually he doesn't live too far from me He's oh pretty, really yeah pretty pretty close nice. uh yeah and so yeah i think a lot of music stuff also came from from him as well like i know that he played guitar uh and uh yeah i i don't know exactly what what music he he played when he was playing guitar but i right i, I think there's there's definitely some country in there i, I gotta <laughs> say but uh but yeah poppy he's uh yeah, he's just he, he's like a pillar of our family, uh, and yeah, he's having a bit of a rough time right now. But uh, but he's a fighter, and uh, so yeah, he's he's always gonna be kicking ass. I know that. <laughs> That's awesome. And on the hard work side of things, you are an extremely hard worker uh, when it comes to things that you are passionate about from, you know, what I've seen, just doing some research on you. And so that hard work, who instilled that within you? Was that a whole family thing that you sort of gained that within? <laughs> well, I like Yeah, Thanks for saying I'm a hard worker. I <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think my family instilled that in me. Like my dad's definitely, he's, he's a guy that's always on the go. Uh, I think he definitely taught me to be a hard worker. And, uh, I think it's also like a, a railway thing. So like my grandpa, Poppy, yeah. uh, you know, he's also like worked on the railway his whole life. So oh, see wow. railway. and, uh, and my dad also worked on the railway oh, okay. uh, most of his life as well. So, uh, yeah, just like two hardworking men that, uh, you know, just kind of showed me what's what and, and, and how to work. And, and my stepdad as well, Bill, he's, he's also just a hardworking guy and they're always just putting the time in. And, and I think I just grew up with a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, males that kind of showed me what, what it means to, to put the work in and, you know, you can't expect reward without, uh, putting the time in and, and putting in the, the blood and sweat and all that. And so, yeah, I think I have a lot of, a lot of men to, you know, to kind of thank for that. Um, and yeah, I think it go, goes, comes down from generations. So, right. uh, yeah, we can thank Poppy for that. We can thank Grandpa Joe. We can thank, you know, all those kind of, you know, people in my life that, that, you know, it kind of went down to the generations and, and yeah, so I think my, yeah, those men in my life really kind of helped, uh, you know, put that in. I mean, you just can't expect anything 
you know, to come for free sort of thing. Yeah. So I think that's where, uh, where I, I think I got it from. Right. And I was going to save this question for later, but kind of goes with the hard work. So I'll ask it now. It feels like within your journey, country music wasn't a dream for many artists. It's a dream that begins, you know, when they're five, when they're 10 years old, they have this dream of being a country musician, but for you, it feels like it's been more of a passion. And like I say, you're a very hardworking, passionate person. And so when it comes to country music, do you find you have a different outlook on success because it's not necessarily this dream that you had, but it's just a passion that you want to work hard to be good at? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say so. Um, yeah, it's funny because when, when we started doing like a, you do like radio tour going across Canada to pitch your music to radio stations. Right. And I remember doing that. And uh, I remember thinking like, for me, like it didn't really matter if they added my songs or not. And I think I, I, I definitely said it to a few of the stations <laughs> as well because it wasn't my paycheck. Like I'm, right. I'm a, I was a contractor for most of my music, music career so far. It's only been through the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So like I was, you know, I'd be doing radio interviews while, you know, I'm swinging a, or not swinging a hammer anymore, but like I was like painting. Right. For the last couple of years of, you know, my contract and I was, I was doing, I was doing painting. And so it's like, like I'm 30 feet up on a ladder sometimes or up on a boom lift and I'm on a, you know, a radio call and they're like, <laughs> Oh, so what are you doing? It's like, I'm on a construction site. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say that it was like the dream to be like a country star. I don't even know if that is the dream still. I, I'm just kind of riding this wave and seeing where it takes me. But. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I would say I just ha- I just have a big passion for music and and for for telling stories. And so I think that's, um, you know, I think my, my measure of success is not exactly, you know, awards or amount of streams or radio plays or how many number ones or anything like that. It's it always has been about about the the music and about the people. And I mean, I feel like I've only got to see like the radio and the streams and that sort of side of the business so far, right, yeah. which is a bit ironic, but, but we're now getting into season where I finally able to actually get out and play the shows that we have been booking. Uh, last year was a little bit different. A lot of things got shut down, but uh, yeah, now I feel, finally feel like I get to be out in front of the crowd in front of the people and, and see them sing their songs back to me and, and I remember the first moment when I, when I heard that and it was at the Calgary Stampede. And yeah, was I was going to first- ask you about that because I'll set it up for a second for people who don't necessarily know your journey. So basically you released Pillow Talking in December 2019, your debut single, Independent. It went number one in May of 2020. And then you released I Would Be Over Me Too on June 5th, 2020. And it went number one October of 2020 and you're the first Canadian country independent artist to have his first his first single and his second single go number one and so within that that was the start of your journey so December 2019 your first singles released it's not until so it was the Calgary Stampede in 2021 in July I believe that you're actually able to play your first show and so stepping out on that stage at the Calgary Stampede what was that like 
it was unreal. Like, so I, I actually used to play in a band back in the day. Yeah. I want to talk about that in a minute. So, yeah. yeah so, but, but like, I, I, I was sort of used to being on a stage in front of people. Right. And I would play like backup guitar for other country artists for a little bit for a couple of years, but not that big. <laughs> like, uh, so when I stepped out on stage, it was just kind of like a holy crap moment. Like what is going on? Uh, and we start playing the first song and it's funny because it was my first show actually being in front of people playing my songs. So there's a lot of people that like, they still don't know of Tyler Joe Miller yet. They right. know pillow talking and I'll be with me too. And, you know, fighting all those other songs, but, uh, we start playing the first song and it was, uh, my single, sometimes I do. And right as I sing line, like sipping single C and double cooking chicken on a show. All of a sudden you see people light up. They're like, Oh, that's <laughs> it's that guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, sometimes at shows I'll say, yeah, I'm, I'm the pillow talking guy in case you don't know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, when we got to, you know, just those songs that have, you know, been played on radio, so many people are singing them back. But man, when when we hit that that pillow talking, uh, you know, we left it for the end of the set. Uh, and there's a moment where, it, you know, it, at almost the end where I go, I want it, I want it. And the crowd, like I step back from the mic and the crowd sings it. Yeah, I just went, holy crap. I was just blown away. Like everybody's singing it like 5,000 people or how many people were there. And it's just this unreal moment of like everything makes sense. I think in a way where it's like, there's so much stuff in the business where it's like, Oh man, I have to do this and I have to do this. And like, you know, it's such a pain in the butt sometimes <laughs> to be in the music business. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of fun parts, but there's a lot of business uh, side of things behind the scenes that people don't see. And, uh, but it just, it makes it worth it. When right. you hear a huge crowd singing your songs back to you, it's like, oh, that that's why I'm doing this. And so, uh, yeah, it was a huge moment for me. And, uh, and it also just got me, it got me excited because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, like think, thinking, back to like my family and and people like that like you know maybe i'll i'll send this over to poppy but like thank you poppy for you know <laughs> loving a kid like me and always believing in me and and uh and my whole family like for for always being there for me and hopefully they get to finally come out and see a damn show <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah th those moments it just yeah it, it's hard to explain it really it uh it just it, it makes it worth it absolutely that's awesome and now let's go back you mentioned your first band this is something that gets skipped over as <laughs> far as i can see every interview i listen to you it's just sort of i was in a band before and now i'm doing this but i want to dig into this so dear adeline i believe yeah. was the band i th from what i saw it formed what about 2013 uh, that's probably about right. Yeah, okay. Like and so how did it form? What was sort of the thought going into that? Was that a sort of post high school, just something fun to do? Or was it a, I enjoy music, so let's try and give it a try? Or what was it? Yeah, so I was actually, uh, I mean, my whole like music journey really started uh, when I, I started going to church when I was in high school. Oh, okay. And, uh, one of my best friends ended up bringing me in. I thought it was super boring at first. And then 
there was like girls and music and games. And I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, then I started going to like a youth group thing there. And, uh, you know, some guy there was one, one of the music guys that was running sound or something like that. And a lot of people were leaving uh, because they're graduating. And so one of the guys goes, Hey, you're extroverted. You know, you'd be good on stage. Like, do you know how to play guitar? I know Zeppelin and Metallica. <laughs> good enough. Uh, do you know how to sing? Not sure yet. <laughs> oh, well, so had okay. you, had you sung before that? Did you know you had a voice at all? No, like as, as kids, like you, you know, I think my parents have videos of me like pretending to sing and just like, just joking around that oh, sort of okay. thing. Like I never knew that I could actually sing. Uh, I'm still a little bit surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, are you sure? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I didn't really know that I could actually sing until those moments. And, wow. and so I started playing guitar and singing at the same time, which I think really helped because I hear if you start playing guitar without singing or singing without playing guitar, it's very hard to kind of do both at the same time. Right. Yeah. So like I cannot sing without my guitar. It's just, Oh I, really? My guitar. Well, I can, but I just rather have my guitar there. It's, it's way more comfortable, but right. it's just what I'm used to. But yeah, I didn't know that I could, I could really sing until somebody asked me to really. Wow. And uh, me and my buddy, uh, Gareth and our buddy Matt would just jam out all the time. It was just guitar, bass, drums, and we would just jam out and play like this. Like we played a ton of different music. We do like we do like screamo and like <laughs> punk and like just a bunch of stuff, like angsty stuff that you get into in your teenage years. Right. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I. I you know, kind of grew up and, and grew out of a lot of those, those genres. But I was, uh, you know, that's where the music journey started was at church. And oh, okay. I, there's a ton of great musicians that come out of playing church music. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, especially the harmonies are always good. But, um, uh, and, and it's funny too, because I, I checked into some of your podcasts before coming on here and yeah. I, I watched the Tim Newfeld one. Oh, okay. And like me and Tim are buddies. I love Tim. And I remember going to like Starfield shows and oh, I really? like find a hat from Tim and his brother and the rest of Starfield group. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. So that was like my olden days, but um, yeah, it, it's funny because we were actually at this show by a, he was one of my favorite artists. His name is Aaron Gillespie. He's in this, screamo band called under oath and then he started doing his own stuff and right, yeah just a phenomenal musician and so i always just really looked up to him and he was doing a show here in in langley and so i went to it and i remember i was out on the steps with him for some reason he was outside and i was outside at the same time and and we got talking and i was just kind of like telling him that i wanted to be a musician and this and this and this and he's like, well, what steps are you taking to do that? And I wasn't really taking any. Right. Like he was kind of calling me out on stuff to be like, you can't expect to be up here when you're not doing the work to get there. And he goes, do you, do you have a band? And I was like, no. <laughs> he's like, well, start a band, man. He's like, you got to start a band. Get like the dudes that you trust the most, get them together and go like, go start a band and play music that you love. And, uh, and so he really inspired me and, and uh, he almost told me to not do it at first because I was, I just didn't seem like I wanted to put in the work. Right. Yeah. It was really good that he called me out on it. And 
So he's like, you know what, if you want this, like go for it and go get your band. And so I walked inside, had to go pee. So I went into the bathroom and a few of my good buddies that I played with at this church were there. Yeah. And I was like, yo, Jordan, we got to start a band. I was just talking <laughs> to Aaron outside. We got to start a band. And they're like, okay. And my other buddy was in there. And so, uh, yeah, we decided in the bathroom at this church that we were going to start a band. Wow. And, uh, we formed Dear Adeline. And now you did have some local success. I saw that you won Best in Vancouver at one point, a competition. And so during that time, what was your thought after you had formed? Was it something that you were thinking about trying to chase? Or again, was it just something fun at the time that you weren't expecting too much from? Yeah, I think I was trying to chase that. You know, we, we were really putting a lot of time and a lot of effort and into that band. And like, we, we really loved the music and, and we loved what we were doing. And there's a lot of people that were coming to our shows, every single show we were putting on. So right. uh, we, we were loving it. Um, we just didn't have direction. We didn't know right. what to do with it. We didn't know, um, you know, really much about the music industry at all. I still barely do. And, <laughs> right, <it's weird>. yeah. <laughs> and so it was kind of hard to navigate that as like early twenties, um, you know, trying to figure out what to do with this, you know, alternative rock or pop rock band, whatever the hell we were. Right. Uh, like, what do we do with this and how do we, you know, bring this to the next level? We just didn't know. We didn't have the right resources for it. So um, I think we just, we played ourselves out to a point where it was like, all right, I think I'm like, for myself like I wrote all the music and so I felt like I sort of wrote myself out of that genre too right and so I sort of hit a point where it was like yeah I think I'm done <laughs> and it was just really weird because it just you kind of hit a point where you're like yeah I think it's time to call it quits and that's it and uh I think I always knew that if I was gonna gonna go back to music because I stopped doing music for a few years Oh, okay. And, uh, I was actually just doing like a job for music stuff, like at a, at a church at the point, uh, before I made my split from that. But, oh, okay. um, that was kind of like my main job was doing music stuff there. And then I just kind of like, I stopped doing music there as well. And so I just stopped doing music and I was kind of okay with it. And, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is where we're going, but I, I guess I'm going to steer it in this direction. But sure, like, yeah. <laughs> it it kind of works chronologically because when I was at this uh, church, it's when I ended up doing this, uh, this trip down to Guatemala. Yeah. And that's where my passion really started. Right. So I, I did a, a trip down to Guatemala to like build homes for uh, you know, impoverished communities and stuff down there. And we do like baby rescues for kids that are malnourished and we build schools and like water supplies, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And so I went down there just because I had a couple weeks vacation and oh, I was okay. like, well, I got to use these before the year's up. So I might as well go do a trip and Guatemala was the first one out. So me and a few friends went and I fell in love with the place. And, and that's where a guy heard me with my guitar strumming and singing one of my tunes out on the you know balcony at night right and in the morning he comes up to me and he goes hey was that you playing your guitar and like singing country music i was like yeah i guess it was country like yeah 
And he goes, oh, I didn't know that you're doing that. And I was like, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not really doing any music, really. Right. Like, I'm just, you know, enjoying, you know, helping people and, and, uh, and just, yeah, I, I write music. And I guess when I write it, it comes out country. Uh, and even like my old band, like Dear Adeline, like the songs were telling stories, every single one of them. Right. And so I always loved that concept of, of telling a story in every single song. And so um, that's what country music does best. And so I knew I was going to go back to those roots, but he was like, I was just running my contracting company and um, just enjoying helping people. And, and he's like, well, what if you got into country music? And you built a platform for yourself where, you know, you can, where people not only want to hear you have to sing, but we have to say, and you can use that to influence more people to help in more areas and stuff right. like that. And I was like, well, yeah, I can't say no. Like, that sounds <laughs> like a great idea. So I just put my name out there to start playing for, for people. So I was just a backup guy and I was oh, playing okay. guitar and backup vocals, some like mandolin sort of thing for other artists for a bit. And then- right ended up getting found by my label uh, because of like a Facebook cover video that. Oh, is that how it went? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I got found online, but also there were some conversations going around town that I think one of my managers who's with my label uh, caught wind of just like hearing my name around town a little bit as like just a writer and a singer and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I wasn't really doing my own thing. And then a buddy of mine asked me to play a show with them and like open up. I was like, Oh crap, I got to put a band together. So I brought my buddies from, you know, that used to play at church with me. Right. They were like, Hey man, if you're going to country music, we're coming with you. Like we, <laughs> we love that. And so that's still my band today. Oh, I was going to ask. Yeah. How many of the guys are still with you? Yeah. Most of them. Most oh, really? Of them. Yeah. We're also trying to like, you can only bring a certain amount once your your prices start going up you can add more people to your roster sort of right thing. yeah um yeah most of my guys are are still with me which is awesome and uh we ended up getting found off of like a facebook video but after that was seen and there's some conversation with the label i'm playing the show and then they came out and saw me and i was like well, i just have some of these songs i'll learn some covers like just threw it together right and, uh they saw me play live and they loved like my voice and love kind of what I was doing. And they're like, Hey, you want a record deal? And <laughs> I mean, there was more conversations than that, but, yeah. but basically it, 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 it happened pretty fast. And so how important was that? Because like you say, with your past, it always sort of turned out that you didn't know what direction to take. You didn't know the next steps. You didn't know how to necessarily grow this. And so without the label stepping in and saying, we can help you. Do you think that you would have gone on this solo artist journey or do you think you'd still just be playing with others? That's a good question. It's, uh, it's hard to say because yeah, I, I wouldn't have known the next steps. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think, I think the dream for like musicians, if you actually want to do something is you get signed by a label. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, because you know they have the resources they have the people they have the they know what to do with yeah. the artists to get them to the next level and so um if i was doing it on my own i don't know i might still be painting <laughs> like you know I, I think i had the idea that I, i'd like to do something on my own and that that was the plan but 
I like, even when the label reached out to me, like I didn't feel like I was ready to be doing that yet. Right. Like I was ready, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know if I would have taken those next steps to actually try to, you know, put myself out there as just my own solo artist, but I did, you know, I did have the plans and I did have like a, a single that I was trying to get ready oh, to go. Okay. And like a buddy of mine, Jordan Orbic was, you know, was, uh, and my buddy, Jordan Waller, who's my front of house now, uh, they were kind of like co-producing this song of mine and, and, uh, which never got released because then ended up getting the record deal and we went a different direction, but, right. uh, but yeah, so like I, I was putting the work in and like trying to get things set up for, for me actually becoming my own solo artist. And, and, uh, I remember sitting down with my buddy Jordan as well. And like, uh, you know, being like, all right, this is what we should be doing. Like, this is what I want to do. But still, again, just didn't didn't have the direction, didn't know what to do with it. And so I think it's, you know, people just go and play the bar scenes a lot. And you're just hoping for that one chance that, you know, the right ears are there and, and hear your music. But yeah, but yeah, so it, it's hard to say. Uh, I feel like I'm a bit of a go getter, but I don't, I don't know if I. I don't know. Th- those dreams are, are pretty big. Yeah. And so it, it's hard to say because it's, you know, it, it's such a big thing that you never really know if it's, you know, attainable. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. That's awesome. But, uh, we're here now. So I don't really think about that. Whole yeah, <laughs> exactly. You don't need to think about that. And when was your first trip down to Nashville? First trip down to Nashville was uh, maybe like three years ago. Okay. And so as an artist who's just starting a journey, who didn't necessarily have this dream of country music or have a background in, you know, you did, you did some writing, but I'm not sure, you know, how much co-writing or anything you did, but when you went down to Nashville, how much of an eye opener was that? And how much have you grown as an artist from going down there? Oh my goodness. Yeah, it is. That's a whole different caliber down there. It's, it's nuts. And so I think I, I might've done one, one trip before that three years. I think I did one on my own, like without a label. Like I just, I went just before going to Guatemala. I think oh, I okay. like, went in transit, but, oh, okay. uh, but I went and I just, I, I just wanted to soak in the city and, you know, get a, get a feel for it. And, and, uh, and I booked like a couple like small rights, but not, it was only a few. And, right. uh, but yeah, as, a, as somebody that doesn't, didn't co-write before, that is a whole different ballgame. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was not ready. For, it's like, oh, I have this idea and this title and, you know, these lyrics, but it may all change because this other person has this other idea. Or, like, it's weird when you, you have to separate yourself from the music. Yeah. It's very hard to do as an artist and as a writer. Right. And so it can be tough too. If it's like, Oh man, I've had this title that I've been working on for a long time. And then the title changes and it's like, wait, but it's supposed to be this. Like <laughs> it's really hard to let go uh, of those things. And so, right. um, but man, I would say that I've grown a crazy amount since going down to Nashville and, and writing with those writers down there. Um, the, the main thing that I learned was, you got to get all the crappy ideas out to filter through to find the good. Right. Yeah. 
And like, there's some artists that or some writers that you write with and it's like, all right, we need a song. Anybody got an idea? And they're like, yeah, maybe this blah, blah. And they just like start strumming something and just spitting these words out that it's like, that was gibberish. But then all of a sudden you find this one word or this one sentence that they said, and it's like, Oh wait, but this works. And then people play off each other. Right. And it's really interesting how, how people write and people do it differently down there as well. But um, yeah, just the, the art of figuring out how to pull out the good ideas from people is right. it's, it's crazy. It's phenomenal. Um, and I'm still, I'm still learning how to do that. And it's, it also takes like a bit of courage, maybe a lot of courage because like in my mind, I'm like, I have to think of the perfect idea before I say it. Right. So yeah. I'm like typing on my laptop, even though we have like a shared Google doc, I'm like, no, I'm just, like, I'll try to type this out first, but it's just like, no, like tell us, spit it out, like say it because even if it's not a good idea, it can make them think of something else that is a good idea. And right, so it's, yeah. just, it's just really cool kind of how it works. And, and yeah, so I think, I think if, if, if anything, Nashville and the, the writers down there right with has taught me to not be scared to say a bad idea. Right. Because it helps filter through to find the good ones. And yeah. I think that's really what, uh, you know, separates the, the amateurs from the pros and man, I'm still trying to be separated from an amateur. (laughs) I'm still far behind. And what about, what about the emotional side of it? Because fighting, you talked about that being a song where you were, you were able to open up emotionally and maybe tap into some areas you hadn't before. Now in Nashville, when you first started going, were you able to sort of open yourself up emotionally or is that something you've really had to work on to be able to do that? Yeah, that's a, well, one of my first songs I wrote in Nashville was I'll be over me too. And uh, that one was, uh, it was written about a a past relationship. And so uh, the song when we wrote, it was actually a ballad, but when, Oh really? producing it my producer danik uh heard it a different way and was like whoa okay this is a tempo song like this is upbeat but uh it it made it more tongue-in-cheek which like i'm a very sarcastic person right so it was like okay yeah this makes sense it makes it not so sad but there's still a lot of emotion in the song right you know if you play it as a ballad it's super sad so (laughs) I think immediately I had to, you know, pull those emotions out and stuff. And um, I'm also like, I'm an open book person. So the emotions, like I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty open about it already. Um, But when it came to fighting, fighting, we actually had before any of my other songs. Oh, really? Yeah. So I actually wrote that um, with my buddies, Dan Swinomer, Wes Mack and Dave Faber. And it was our first song that any of us had written like all together. Oh, okay. And uh, we, we thought it was off to a, not a good start because like I had some, like I had two herniated discs in my neck. Oh really? I don't even know how I did it. But uh, so like my neck was like super messed up. The other three guys all had back issues. And oh, so, really? like, Dan was literally laying on the ground on some like spike mat that like oh, back Wes was sitting on the ground too because he couldn't like sit in the chair properly or whatever and all of us were just in bad condition and 
I ended up just kind of like we chatted for like two hours before we wrote the song and we were just kind of talking about things that we were going through and, and struggles. And so I opened up about my life and I just wasn't really happy with where I was at and, uh, and kind of like who I was at that moment. I just wasn't super happy with, with the man that I wasn't yet. Right. And so uh, I kind of just started opening up about that and, and kind of about my, my inner demons and, and all of a sudden when you open up about those things, you don't realize that so many other people are dealing with those things. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, the other guys are like, yeah, I'm dealing with that too. Or you got this, but I got this. And it was really cool. And so we're like, well, crap, well, maybe that's the song. <laughs> and so I kind of shared with them this idea of fighting. And I was like, yeah, this is like, you know, people can think it's about some bar fight or whatever, but it's like, no, it's fighting with yourself to become a better man. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I think that's one thing that that has been a, a bit more of a breeze with me is being able to open up and kind of tap into the emotional side of things for writing. Yeah. Um, just because I think I'm, I'm an open book in general. And so uh, I think that definitely helps with it for sure. Right. And now your newest single, Wild as Her. This is an interesting single because all of your past music I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, I can, I can tell that's Tyler Joe, but your new single, the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh, this is a great song. Who is this? And I actually had to look because there's a, there's a different sound to it. And I, I was kind of thinking about it and I don't like to label stuff, but it kind of feels like your past music was like Canadian country. Whereas this song feels like it has more of that Nashville vibe to it. And so just talk about the single and sort of your perspective on, you know, that whole music musicality to it. And if you do think that it sounds different from your past stuff. Yeah, I think it sounds uh, different for sure. And I, I sort of feel like, you know, the last EP was like first chapter of Tyler Joe Miller. Right. And I feel like this is like now the, you know, it's a, the next chapter sort of thing. So it kind of like opens up a little, space to have like a bit of a different sound but like it's funny because like the next single out is going to sound drastically different than wild sir as well oh really yeah and so i kind of like it though because i think it shows that you know as an artist i'm able to be diverse and and you know have different sounds but all still within the same you know uh wheelhouse sort of thing and right, so yeah um <clears throat> yeah, this song's a bit different. And I also wasn't a writer on this one, but I got pitched the song a couple years ago. Oh, and this okay. one's very interesting because I got pitched the song a couple years ago, but it's just, I wasn't ready for it yet. Like, I think for my, for part of my brand is like the songs and the stories that I choose to tell. Yeah. And we just weren't ready for that story yet. Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's, we haven't done a love song yet. <laughs> and this is kind of like halfway there. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so we finally hit a point where I was like, Hey, I can do half a love song now, but, uh, the, how the music world works is very interesting because, uh, you know, somebody else cut it two years before I cut it. Oh, really? In Texas. Oh, okay. And, but like, uh, it didn't end up going to radio. And so the writers were like, Hey, we know that, you know, if you release songs as singles, like it's going to radio, especially like in Canada, it's like, we really want you to cut this one. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And so like just a couple versions, which is weird, but it's like, that's just how the music industry works as well. And yeah. like, I mean, Chris Stapleton 
Tennessee whiskey is a cover of George Jones, like 30 right. years later. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so there's so much of that happening, but this song, we are just like, you know, the writers reached out to me so long ago and we're like, yes, this is a song that I want to do. And so the writers were Kelly Archer, Brett Tyler, and I write with those two and they're just phenomenal writers. And then Morgan Wallen. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And so, uh, it definitely has his kind of vibe in it. And you can tell by like the vocal runs and stuff yeah. like that. And so, um, yeah, when we cut it, we are like, we have the, the permission to have like a bit of a new sound. And, and, uh, and I think that song was just, it was so well written and it, it definitely does have a bit more of like a, yeah, like a Nashville sound to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe it's just like, it, it's an American sort of sounding tune. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, and Danik just did great production on it. And, and, uh, yeah, but I think it, I think it was the writing style that really makes it sound that different. And, right. uh, cause like three of the single, three of the four singles I've put out so far, um, before Wilds Her, I was a writer on. So I feel like it had like that sort of feel. It had one feel to it. Yeah. Uh, but now also like my writing has changed. You know, I think I've developed, you know, a lot of, you know, different aspects to my writing. Uh, and I think I've evolved in a lot of ways in my writing. So I think a lot of my stuff that I've written on in the future is going to sound different as well. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't even know what it is about the song. I think it's the writing that makes right. it sound that different. But uh, I mean, on the production side, too, I, I think that that Danik does some some different things and maybe sounds a bit more like polished and stuff in a way as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so coming into this summer, a lot of exciting things happening. You're going to be playing at Cavendish um, with Luke Combs headlining. You're going to be playing at Rock and River with Tim McGraw headlining. You're going to be headlining the Monashi Music Festival yourself. And so what is this like to sort of be entering your first summer of full festivals and being able to be on these huge lineups it's <laughs> it's still weird it's like are you sure i'm on this <laughs> right <laughs> and like when we uh you know w- when we got uh offered the luke combs one it's like oh like of course like i cannot say no to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh yeah, because I feel like in a lot of ways, like especially with Canadian radio, I've gotten a lot of like, you're oh, it's like the Canadian Luke Combs. Oh, like, okay. They, they relate my voice and stuff to him. Maybe the right. Jimmy too. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's kind of cool that I get to you know open up for somebody that I've one been compared to a lot, but also somebody that I look up to quite a quite a bit for country music, and um, which is funny because we're the same age as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh. But yeah, so that's awesome. And, and then like Tim McGraw, I remember like going like to those festivals to see Tim McGraw play. Right. And now I get to go and like actually open up for him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Cause I've gone from like country fan to now like being the country artist. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, that's unreal. And then like with Monashi being able to like headline the festival, like people are actually going to see me. <laughs> Like that's that's the telltale. It's like yeah. man, if people are still coming when I'm the headliner. Like, awesome. <laughs> that, that means we're doing something good. 
Thank you once again so much for listening. And thank you to Tyler for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out his newest single, Wild As Her, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to visit our website at countrymusicmademe.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes and also sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and also stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. You can also find us on any streaming platform. So if streaming is your thing, just head over to your favorite, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow there as well. Thank you once again so much for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me.